Eric Metaxas is the number one New York Times bestselling author of Bonhoeffer and many other books, including Is Atheism Dead?, Martin Luther, Amazing Grace, and Letter to the American Church. He's also written more than 30 children's books, and his books have been translated into more than 25 languages. He's the host of Socrates in the City and the nationally syndicated Eric Metaxas radio show, the show about everything, which also airs as a weekly television program on TBN. Metaxas has conducted interviews with an eclectic mix of guests, including film director Ron Howard, Mel Gibson, Morgan Freeman, as well as figures such as Peter Thiel. His writings have appeared in the New York Times, the New Yorker, the Atlantic, and many other publications. Welcome, Eric, back to the Economic War Room. Thanks to uh, thanks for having me, and I just want to cl clarify. Uh, my books have been translated into uh, 25 languages, but the good news is that they, they will shortly be translated back into English so that, that we can read them again. I just want to be very clear. Okay. That's going to be happening. Awesome. That's happening. <laughs> hey, uh, first, you know, it was great having you here at Liberty Hawk Ranch. And while you were here, you got the sad news of the loss of your father. And I just lost my dad. My wife just lost her dad. Tell me about your father. Oh, man. Well, listen, there is no doubt that I am who I am uh, because of a good man named Nick Metaxas. My dad, uh, you know, he's a hero. Uh, he was somebody that taught me to hate communism and to love America. Uh, and he experienced the tremendous deprivations uh, of World War II. Uh, saw the Italians and the Germans occupy Cephalonia. That's the part of Greece uh, where my family's been from forever. And um, he, he, he taught me, uh, you know, what it is to work hard, to sacrifice uh, for your family. Um, and um, was a deeply good man. And uh, I rejoice that I know where he is. Uh, I, we are not without hope. He is with Jesus. And I, you know, if it weren't for that, uh, I'd be pretty broken up. But my, my father really, um, there's just no doubt that without trying very hard, uh, he communicated to me, as I mentioned before, a hatred of communism uh, and, and, and a love of freedom and, and a love of this country. He was always a conservative, uh, even when I wasn't in college. Uh, and uh, I just, uh, it's just hard uh, to even fathom what it would be like to be raised by somebody other than him because he was, so good uh, and so uh, just, you know, in, in a simple way, wasn't wasn't wearing uh, his beliefs on his sleeve, but you just see that example. And uh, and as I say, I, I, I know that uh, any good thing that I am today is a result of, of my dad. So thanks for asking. Yeah, well, he was part of the greatest generation as they've been called, but the culture shifted a lot since then. How, in your view, has the culture changed since the day of our fathers? Well, um, it's interesting because because my mom and dad grew up in Europe during the war and after the war, they experienced real hardship, hunger. Um, and so I think a lot of the kids that I grew up with in America, their parents hadn't really been through that. Uh, if you'd been through the depression, maybe. But I think that, you know, when you're really blessed, the temptation is to think, oh, this is normal not to understand that um, we're blessed to be a blessing. Being blessed is not normal, it's a gift from God. And so I think that um, what has happened really with, with our generation is that we grew up with such prosperity, we forgot 
that, that there was this thing called evil. My mother and father, because they grew up, my mother grew up in Nazi Germany, which then became East Germany, where she grew, where her family was uh, under Stalin and the Soviet bloc. Uh, my father growing up in Greece, which the communists tried to take over. They, they experienced evil. They saw, they saw hunger, they saw terrible things. And that changes your perspective. And I think that they gave that to me and my brother John, um, again, without trying, just telling the stories of, of what it was like to grow up where literally you are hungry. There are many times when you are literally hungry. Uh, it made me appreciate food. It made me appreciate money. It made me appreciate having a job, working hard, sacrificing, all of that stuff came to me through my parents. And I really think that the reason we are in the tremendously dire circumstances in which we find ourselves today in the United States of America is because we have drifted away from that. People who experienced the depression, who experienced the war, uh, it, 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 you know, if you're a guy, it'll make a man out of you, you know? And, um, I think that since the sixties, we have been, uh, increasingly feminized and soft. And we don't really, uh, we don't understand that you need to fight for truth. You need to understand that, that there is really evil in the world. And I always say this, that because my mother and father experienced communism and all this ugly stuff, they knew that there was evil and that the default mode is not, hey, everything is great. The default mode, things can get very, very, very bad. I wrote a book called um, Fish Out of Water, which is really a, a, a love letter to my father. It's the story of my growing up. Uh, and, and I realized that my parents innately understood how bad things could get because they'd lived through that. And I think a lot of people in America today have forgotten. We're getting a taste the last three years of like, oh, uh, things can go a, in a very, very bad direction. We're beginning to see it. Clearly, we're seeing it. And I believe that things getting really, really, really bad is God's mercy to us now to wake up those who can be awakened. It's where, it's why I wrote my book letter to the American church and why I'm going around the country saying to people, okay, you get it. Now you need to wake up. You've been sleeping. You need to wake up. You need to go to war against evil uh, in, in, in every way. You need to stop pretending like that. that's not my job. If you do nothing, evil will take over just as it did in Nazi Germany. And that's the parallel in the book letter to the American church is that the German church did not understand how bad things could be. They were spoiled just as we uh, in the American church have, be have become spoiled. And it, I believe it's God's mercy waking us up right now. You know, what you just described is an analogy with leprosy, right? If you can't feel pain, uh, you'll touch that hot pan and it will burn you permanently damaging you. The fact that we can feel pain is a gift from God that allows us to, to realize, hey, I don't wanna stick my hand in the fire. And yet, so many in America are feeling, uh, not feeling the pain, and therefore they're willing to stick their hand in the fire. And people from Venezuela or, or China are coming over and saying, what are you Americans doing? You have liberty and you're throwing it away. North Korea, you name, meet an immigrant from any communist nation, and That's they're right. warning us right now, don't do that. Look, we're gonna have to take a break. That when we come back, we're gonna be talking about how the church fits in all this. You wrote a letter to the American church. It's built off the notion of, of your writing on Bonhoeffer. And, and that's, there are two things coming out. We just met recently. You've got a documentary on the letter to the American church and you've got a feature film on Bonhoeffer. Hopefully using entertainment, we can wake America up and, and show them the tragic path that we're on today and maybe a way that we can get off that path.
We're speaking with Eric Metaxas. He's written two amazing books, uh, and many amazing books, but two recently. Uh, one is The Letter to the American Church. I guess Bonhoeffer's not all that recent, but it's applicable almost immediately. So, Eric, if we were talking to Dietrich Bonhoeffer today, somehow we could time machine bring him here, what would he say to the American church? Well, in effect, that's why I wrote my book letter to the American church, because it became crystal clear to me, crystal clear, that what happened in Germany is happening now. What do I mean by that? What I mean is evil was rising, and the church essentially said, not my job. We just want to do church. We want to have a nice church. We kind of think evil will take care of itself. How bad could things get? Well, we know how bad things got. Uh, the death camps are one of the most satanic things that ever happened on planet Earth. In fact, most people today still can't comprehend, cannot comprehend the satanic evil of sophisticated Germans, this civilization murdering millions. It is, it is simply inconceivable. And it was inconceivable to the Germans at the time. And Bonhoeffer, years before the death camps, he saw where this was going and he tried to get the church to wake up like, a, like an Old Testament prophet. He was trying to say to the church, hey church, you need to be the church. You need to stop playing church. You need to step up. You need to take action. You should be at the forefront of taking action against this evil. And what did the church say then? It's what the church is saying now in America. You know what? It's all relative. It's not that evil. How bad can it get? We think we'll be fine. Uh, by the way, we want to stay in our lane. We want to preach the gospel. We want to do church. We don't want to be political and divisive. We're not supposed to be political and divisive. Romans 13, whatever the government says, do it. They had a bastardized view of the scriptural view with regard to politics. They, they, they cherry picked, you know, Romans 13, that settles it. That does not settle it. There's a whole Bible uh, that, I mean, the book of Esther uh, is about Mordecai saying, uh, okay, government, what, what you're telling me to do, I refuse to do it. There's all kinds of examples in scripture where people of faith are not supposed to do what the government says in certain circumstances. Bonhoeffer was trying to get the church to wake up and to see that. And basically they took a pass. Some people out and out refused. Other people said, nah, we'll wait. We'll see how it goes. By the time they saw how bad it was getting, it was too late. And that to me is the parallel to the American church today. That Today, uh, Bonhoeffer would say the same thing that he was saying. It's why in my book, I quote him like crazy, a letter to the American church. Bonhoeffer was, was simply saying what the Bible says. He was simply saying that it is our duty as Christians to step up, to stand against evil, to be a bulwark against evil. You don't expect pagans to do that. They don't believe in anything. What, what do they believe? We're the church. We're supposed to be fearless and we're supposed to stand against evil. And by the way, God has called us to that. He wants us to do that. We're not, we believe Jesus defeated death. So we have no fear. Bonhoeffer lived that out and he tried to get his fellow Christians to, to live it out. But as I say, they kept saying, no, we, we don't, we don't want to be political. And you're hearing the same thing. I mean, the parallels to today in America are astonishing. It's why I wrote the book letter to the American church. I said, I, I can't believe the parallels. And a few years ago, I wouldn't have seen it. But uh, with, the, with, the, with the Biden administration coming in, looks to me like they stole the election. It looks to me like they're working overtime to destroy the America that the founders gave us. Things are so bad wherever you look. 
have an open border, the insanity of an open border, the insanity of cultural Marxists uh, tr trying to defund the police, uh, the, the insanity of a two-tier justice system. Of, I mean, everywhere you look, if you have eyes to see, you say, I, you know what? I didn't know it could get this bad. And by the way, this is just a foretaste of how bad it's going to get if the church doesn't wake up. So I am, you know, channeling the voice of Bonhoeffer. It's not my voice. And Bonhoeffer was speaking what God was saying. So this is all about what is God saying. And God is alive and he wants to speak to us. Uh, he's not just, you know, in a book someplace um, to consult like, you know, like it's just wisdom from Cicero. God wants to speak to us today and to tell us this is what I would have my people do today. And so Bonhoeffer tried in his day. We know that he failed and we know how evil it got because the church said, well, we don't want to be divisive. We'll see how it goes. And it's a scandal. It's a scandal, Kevin, when we think that it was the silence of the church. Many good Christians, by the way, they weren't all wicked. They weren't all pro-Nazi. They were just fooled. They said, we just need to, to just, just to do church. The devil used that in action. Let and me that's tell what you, is though, happening today. Yeah, to totally right. Let me tell you, I was just in Boca Raton, Florida. I spoke to Citizens for National Security, hosted by Ken Abramowitz. A lady came up to me and she said, my grandparents died in the Holocaust. I walked through what we're dealing with, some of the things from Letter to the American Church, and she said, that's exactly right. What do we do about it? So I told her you know, a few stories, including the Dunkirk story and how uh, King George VI cried out to God and asked God to save the British people. And she came up afterwards and she said, I was an atheist Jew my entire life until I heard you speak. And now I realize God's alive and I have hope. I'm going to stand up. We need to stand up. And Ken Abramowitz is a brilliant guy. You need to know him. He, he's, he's written about the 105 wars we're in today. And he talks about the Reds, the Communists, the Greens, the Islamists, and the Blues, the Globalists. And this is an economic war. That's what we're talking about here on Economic War Room. And these people in Boca Raton, Florida, Morty and Helen Seinfeld, and that type of people, they're not concerned about the space pens or the trench coats or getting a happy hour at four o'clock. They're real patriotic Americans who see what is happening and they're very concerned for their kids and grandkids and they love America. And you know what they said to me? They said, we used to believe that the Jewish community in America overall was our ally and, and the church was our enemy. She said, we've come to believe that the church is our ally and we've got to stand together against this real evil happening. I, 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 wanna, I wanna be clear, uh, and again, I write it in the book, Letter to the American Church, and it's coming out as a film any day uh, at Epic TV. This is important. I say this is the hour of the American church. God is calling his people to stand. And you know what? If your neighbor doesn't stand, it doesn't matter. Make sure you stand. If you do not stand, if you do not fight, you are guilty. If you do nothing, you are the devil's kind of Christian. That's all he wants is just believe stuff and do nothing. And you've got tons and tons of Christians that they just think, I believe some stuff intellectually. I don't need to bother about taking action, being political. Now is the hour when God has allowed things to get so bad that people are waking up. So I'm hopeful, cautiously optimistic, but we are uh, in a spiritual war Everybody needs to understand God this God is looking at you. You are the church. You need to step up. So that's why I wrote letter to the American church and that's why it's coming out as a documentary film any day.
Yeah, on APEC TV, which has done such amazing documentary films on vaccine mandates and, and so many other critical topics. Well, we're going to have to take another break. When we come back, I want to get down into the economic aspect of this and the real action steps we can take as Americans to fend off this evil and to take us in to a great future. We're talking with Eric Metaxas. We're talking about his book out, Letter to the American Church, that's coming out as a documentary. We're also talking about his book, Bonhoeffer, that will come out as a feature-length film sometime in the future. But you've got to watch this. Um, I, I had it screened here at Liberty Hawk. It was amazing. It, it's right on point. You know, a lot of people don't read books anymore. They want books on audio, which is great, or they'll watch a documentary, but they don't want to read a book. Eric has got it all. I mean, you can watch him on TBN. You can listen to him on radio. You can get read his books. You can now watch documentaries and feature films that, that include his incredible thoughts. And one of the thoughts, I just saw it. My friend Rod Martin tweeted it. What if William Wilber Wilberforce had thought that Romans 13 prevented him from speaking up against slavery? What would happen? I talk about that a lot, actually, when people say, oh, we're not supposed to be political. I think, really? Really? If you were alive in the time of Wilberforce and you're a Christian, you would have kept your mouth shut about the satanic abomination of the slave trade? What kind of a bum are you? What kind of an indifferent, selfish monster could you be if you would not speak against the slave trade? If you were alive in the middle of the 19th century in the United States of America and you don't speak against slavery, you say, well, I don't want to take sides. I mean, if you were a slave in America and your family is being sold away from you, wouldn't you want some Christians to speak up? So this idea that Christians aren't supposed to be political is a lie from the pit of hell, and it is being preached from many, many pulpits. If you're going to a church uh, where they are preaching this line, this lie, you need to get out of that church. And I'm telling people, those churches have been cursed like the fig tree that Jesus cursed. They're bearing no fruit. If you are serious about your own salvation, you need to put action. Uh, your faith needs to be faith in action. Bonhoeffer talked about this all the time. If your faith is not faith in action, where's the faith? The scripture says faith without works is dead. That is biblical. Uh, so this American idea that I just, I believe some stuff in my head and I'm saved. I don't think you are saved. If you're not living it out, that proves what the scripture says that you actually don't have faith, which should scare people into thinking about what they actually believe. Yeah, no, a couple of things. One is it, people are being arrested for saying, I believe the Bible, and they'll quote a Bible verse, and they'll get arrested for that. People are now celebrating men hitting women, where a man claims to be a woman, goes into a boxing match, a competitive women's boxing match, and beats a woman to a pulp, something that is criminal if a man, you know, even think about it, or, or even if is accused of it, would th be, get thrown in prison for that. But if, if you declare yourself a woman and deny the truth of Christ, then absolutely go ahead, beat the woman in the, in the boxing match or any other sporting event. We're in a period in which evil is called good and good is called evil, and this whole notion of central bank digital currency that we talk about here all the time could literally cut you off economically if you don't toe the line. That sounds like revelation stuff and the mark of the beast, doesn't it? Well, of course it does, and listen, this is the point. If the church is not the church, if the church doesn't do what God calls the church to do, all of these evil things will 
happen. Uh, I have a new book coming out in April uh, called Religionless Christianity, which is a phrase of Bonhoeffer's, that if we don't live out our faith genuinely, as Bonhoeffer was exhorting the church to do in the 30s in Germany, and they did not, the evil that will come is inevitable. But if we live out our faith, if we do everything we can and ask God to lead us and give us the courage to do these things, we cannot imagine what God can do. Imagine what would have happened if the church in Germany had stood heroically against the satanic evil of the Nazis. And by the way, they weren't so clear on where this was going, but they knew enough. We know enough today. We know enough. We've seen enough. The madness of the transgender uh, movement, uh, the madness of open borders. There's everywhere we look, we see utter madness, and we are beginning to feel the pain. Praise God. It's waking us up. It's causing people to say, you know what? I didn't get it. I get it now. I need to do something. I'm going to get political. I'm going to get active culturally. I'm going to do everything I can. And, and the reason we made Letters to the American Church into a documentary film is because we want as many people as possible to see this and to get activated. I know not everybody's going to read a book. Uh, I did the audio version of the book, but a lot of people are into that. We made the documentary film, which uh, will be out on Epic TV on February 8th, to get the word out to everybody. If the American church does not wake up, it's over. And many people listening right now, you're the American church. It's not that building. It's not that organization. You, if you dare to claim to believe in Jesus, you are the church. And God is looking to you precisely as he was looking to the Christians in Germany in the 30s. They said, no, thank you. And we see what happened. Again, the parallels, Kevin, are just astonishing, and it's why I know God called me to write the book, uh, and he called a number of people to make the book uh, into a documentary film, and uh, it's not my book, uh, the Bonhoeffer book, that's being turned into a film, but in November, uh, we have made a film uh, of the Bonhoeffer story, and it is a faithful, fantastic film, and I think that God has appointed us this time to see the parallels, to see what happened uh, with Bonhoeffer, to see what happened in Germany, to wake up the American church, because it's God's plan that America not go the way that Germany went. It's God's plan that the American church not continue to be silent. If enough would wake up, not everybody's going to wake up, but if enough would wake up, if enough people would get the memo and say, you know what, I missed it, I need to wake up now we could turn things around. This is not something I say like, oh, maybe. I believe that's God's will. I believe God wants to save America for his purposes, not for us, for his purposes in the world. Yeah, well, one of the parallels that most people don't recall is the failure, the inflation and the failure of the currency in Weimar Germany that led to the rise of Hitler. And I believe that's what the Great Reset is all about, is this expectation of a worldwide economic difficulty that will allow them to come to power just as Adolf Hitler yes. came to power in the 1930s. And we're seeing it as with $34 trillion in debt and the open borders you've mentioned several times all that is is an economic attack on America. It's a spiritual attack, it's a cultural attack, but it's also an economic attack. And when people get panicked and they see the value of their stocks going down and they worry about inflation, they say, just 
fix it, it hurts too much, and they're willing to accept a lot of draconian, dictatorial control just if you make my money good. So that's what we're here for in the economic war room. That's why we bring you great guests like Eric Metaxas to talk about, here's the trouble coming, that's the bad. Here's some solutions we can do about it, that's the good. And then we take people to Jesus, that's the beautiful. It's the opposite of Clint Eastwood, the good, the bad, the ugly. We do the bad, the good, and the beautiful. Now, I'm going to summarize all of this, including access to how you can see the documentary on Epoch Times, how you can learn more about Eric Metaxas, where you can watch his show, where you can get his books. All of that will be summarized in our free economic battle plan that you can get a copy of at economicwarroom.com. Remember, what we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space. This is Kevin Freeman from the Economic War Room.